What's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. It is Sunday at the Masters. It is the Mets at City Field with Francisco Alvarez behind the plate going for the sweep against the Marlins. It is the Yankees in Baltimore with a rubber match against the Orioles as they try to take another series. And it is Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to those who celebrate. And I hope you had a better weekend than I did because... Quite frankly, mine was about as bad as it gets. It was, uh, listen, no other word to say except shitty. It was a shitty weekend. It was my birthday weekend. Friday was my birthday. I ended up in the hospital. All kinds of issues with uh, appendicitis, and they got me on all kinds of antibiotics. I still feel like crap. Uh, I'm going back to work tonight. It was just an all-around bad weekend. Um the weather in Augusta pretty much is how my weekend went. That's that's pretty much a good judge of uh, equivalent to how my weekend went. My birthday weekend, too. Crying out loud. It sucks when you have a bad bir- birthday weekend. But anyway, let's get down to it. We're going to do a quick uh, wrap-up here today. We got the Mets. Like I said, the Mets are going for the sweep of the Marlins as they've just owned the Marlins here. In the first, what, two weeks of the season, the Mets have basically dominated the Marlins. They've gotten all their wins against the Marlins. They got swept against the uh, the Brewers in Milwaukee, came back home. Marlins, two, two wins in a row. Carrasco going today. Alvarez behind the plate. The Yankees are going for a rubber match as they lost Friday night to the Orioles. They won yesterday, and... They got a rubber match today. It's Cortez on the mound in Baltimore. But the top story always here on this Sunday is Sunday at the Masters in Augusta. And listen, the Masters has just been a train wreck weather-wise this weekend. I mean, you could not have asked for worse weather. Imagine spending $1,500 on a ticket yesterday and you get a day like that. And then today's Easter and you can't go. I mean, oh man, what a disaster that is! Um, but they're about—they're about twenty minutes away from from the leaders hitting the course. You got Bruce Kepka, John Rahm, and Hovland are your three guys who are basically in contention. You got Cantlay and Henley are back—you know, five and six shots back. But it's really a three-man race. You got Kepka and Rahm are in the final group. Their tea time is 2.33, so you're, what, now? Yeah, it's a little more than 20 minutes. about an hour away from those two teeing off. You got Hovland and Cantley at 2.24, and then Henley and Matsuyama at 2.14. Now, this is uh, this is Kepka's tournament to lose. He's basically led it wire to wire. He, he you know, he's played... A lot of golf today. They've all played a lot of golf today. They're all going to play close to two rounds today, at least a round and a half. So you're looking at somewhere around like 27 holes today for Kepka, Rahm, and those guys, Matsuyama, and Bennett. Bennett, who is another story. Bennett, the amateur, he's at four under. He's not going to. He's not going to win. He's tied for seventh, but he has a good chance to come in in top ten which is a big accomplishment. Listen, if you're an amateur in this tournament and you come in, go into Augusta and you come in top 10, there's a bright future ahead for you. 
And th- this kid can really strike the ball. He's played well. He's handled the pressure. He handled everything yesterday with the weather and came back today. He didn't play great this morning. You know, we had some mistakes, a couple bogeys in the in the in the back nine, but he did play well and he's he's basically he's held it together. He's at four under. He tees off at two oh five. He's in the fourth group before the leaders. So it's Kepka, Rom, and Hovland. Hovland made a push late in that third round. He got five straight birdies. Basically while Kepka, Rom, and Cantley were all just, you know, kind of Hitting pars, no bogeys. They were parring. They were parring their holes. They weren't making mistakes, but they were basically leveling off. And Hovland made a push there late in the third round. He's now three shots back, and I think Hovland can win this thing. I do. Now, usually the the winner of this tournament, almost I don't know the numbers offhand, but it's something like ninety percent of the time, the winner of the Masters comes out of that final group. Rom hit a putt on the 18th hole. It was, it, was, it was nothing crazy. It was about a four-foot putt, three, four-foot putt to secure his spot in that final group. And it's him and Kepka. But I say watch out for Hovland. Hovland teeing off 224. He's teeing off with Cantley, Cantley, who's at six under, who's five shots off the lead. Five shots off the lead. Five shots is a lot to make up. I mean, now, you don't know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen in the final round here at the Masters, especially when they played a ton of golf, especially when they crammed in basically the third and fourth round all in one day. You know, later tonight, around 5, 6 o'clock, these guys are going to be getting tired. They played a lot of golf today with basically just a two-hour break in between. So we'll see who how Kepka handles it. Kepka going for his first green jacket, trying. The pressure is going to be on. It's his tournament to lose. He's been the leader all week. We'll see if he can, you know, handle the pressure that comes with being the leader on Sunday at Augusta. The weather has finally cooperated a little bit today. It was even cold this morning out there. It was 40 something degrees or 48 degrees, I think I saw, with windy and overcast this morning. It, it, the weather's just been a nightmare. I mean, yesterday it was it was biblical. There were there were puddles on the course, and there's there's not a better course in America, as far as drainage goes, than Augusta National. And there was you know they were they were waddling through puddles on the greens when they called it. I'm surprised they even let them play as long as they did. To be honest with you. They let it go, I'd say, probably 20 minutes, half hour longer than, than they should have. But they eventually did call it. And when they, when they suspended play, they, they, they called it for the day. I mean, there was no, there was no room. There was no window for them to get any more golf in. It was the smart, smart thing to do. Uh, if you were, if you're looking for what Tiger did, Tiger made the cut. Last player to make the cut. He was the cut line. Last place coming into the third round, played a couple holes today and then withdrew. I mean, listen, Tiger's old. It's a tough course to walk. He, he, he didn't want to, you know, his heart wasn't in it. He's probably tired dealing with this weather all week. You know, there's always a lot of press availability that Tiger's got to give and interviews and this and that. So Tiger withdrew early this morning. I think he played four holes this morning and then he went out. So 
There's that. That will be interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. And otherwise, other 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 places we got going on. We got the the Mets City Field, and it's a big day for the Mets. Francisco Alvarez makes his first start of the year. Listen, he's the catcher for this team. He is the future behind the plate for this team. The Mets are going to need him to hit. The Mets are going to need him to play catcher and play the position well. He's not going to really have to handle the pitching staff. You got a you got an older pitching staff here with the Mets. Okay, he's just got to basically not screw things up behind the plate. I know Buck is all about oh we need him to be the catcher. He's got to focus on defense. That's most important. I want to see him hit. Now I like well, I also want to see the Mets do something against somebody besides the Marlins. I'm sick of the Marlins at this point. I mean it's nice because the Mets just beat them. They beat up on the Marlins. The Marlins are not a very good team. You know the Marlins basically the Mets have done to the Marlins what the Brewers did to the Mets. Except for the fact the only reason it doesn't look so bad like 9 nothing, 10 nothing, what the Brewers did to the Mets is because the Marlins hit a couple late home runs. They got a three-run homer yesterday in the eighth inning to make that thing respectable. Otherwise, that's a 9 nothing game or an 8 nothing game. And they, they did that a couple times down in Florida. The Mets own the Marlins. It, it just is what it is. The Mets have finally, they got themselves above 500. They're 5 and 4. It's also a pretty big start for Carrasco today. I mean, he he came out and you know he basically you know laid an egg in Baltimore, uh, in Baltimore, in uh, Milwaukee in his first start. He's got an eleven ERA, gave up five runs, four innings. He just he was no good. He got he got hit all over the ballpark. But every, so so did every Mets pitcher that week. Full house yesterday. Another full house expected here today in the first week of the season. Full houses. Three straight full houses against a team like the Marlins. It's not a big draw. You know, you know you're going to sell out opening day. Okay, you, that's a given. Everybody sells out opening day. But for the second game and the third game to be sold out, the fans are all in on this team. They are all in on this team. They loved yesterday with 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 the ghost fork pitch and the the ghost fork K corner. That was a that was that was a lot of fun yesterday. And you know what? He looks like he's gonna be a big time pitcher just as prescribed. What I saying is it looks like he's gonna be just as good as we've been told he is. Cause that that fork ball that he throws that just dives down into the third into the dirt is nearly unhittable. Now again, it's only been against the Marlins. It's not like he went out there and struck out nine and pitched seven scoreless innings against the Brewers or the Dodgers or the Braves. It's the Marlins. And everything that has happened good for the Mets in these first two weeks has been against the Marlins. So take it with a grain of salt. It's very, very early. Very early. There are some good things, though, to, to look at with the Mets. Okay? Pete Alonso, red hot. Pete Alonso is red hot. And he comes off a spring where he did not really hit well. He didn't hit in the, base, in the World Baseball Classic. He did not hit very well in... in Spring training, he's come into this season, and he's hit the ground running. He's hitting everything a ton, and he's hitting the ball over the wall every day. Now, obviously, that's not going to continue. It might continue today because, again, it's the Marlins. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Let's give you the lineup here for the Mets 
as they are about, oh, what time is it now? One third of the Mets are about 10, 15 minutes away from first pitch out at City Field. It's a, it's a Sunday lineup for the Mets. You got Tommy Pham playing center. So Nimmo's got the day off. So Pham, center fielder leading off. Marte hitting second. Lindor, Alonzo, and Connor are your three, four, five hitters. McNeil in the six hole. Escobar, a home run, but but coming into yesterday, he had a couple balls good yesterday. We'll see how he goes. But before yesterday, Escobar was the young. He was an automatic out. Hit the ball hard yesterday, got robbed a couple times, you know, hit into some bad luck. He hit the ball right on the screws two or three times, and then he hit one out. So maybe he breaks out of it. And then you got Francisco Alvarez, the catcher, hitting eighth behind the plate, and LeCastro in left field hitting ninth. Carrasco on the mound, and we'll see if the Mets can go for the sweep out at City Field in front of the third straight full house out at City Field. And if this team can win and this team can compete like they should, high expectations, big expectations. It's a deep October run or bust for this team is what it is. You know, they're going to they're gonna hear it. If they don't play well, they're going to hear it. You saw Escobar was hearing it. Connor was hearing it a little bit from the fans yesterday. They, these fans are not going to be, they're not going to be patient, especially after last year. And especially the way this thing started with Diaz going down and Verlander going down and Scherzer not pitching well on his first two starts. You know, wait till Scherzer gets out there. He's going to have a little pressure on him. The first time Scherzer takes the mound at City Field this year, there's going to be some pressure. You know, it's not, it's nothing he can't handle. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so he's going to, he's handled much more pressure and it's not that big of a deal, but he's going to feel it. And if he goes out there and he gives up four or five runs in three innings, he's going to hear it, especially after what he did last year in the playoffs. Because they remember that. We remember that. I remember that. Mets fans remember that. And everybody at City Field will, will remember that for a long time. Until he makes a start in the playoffs, that is better than that. So we'll see how it goes there. Yankees, Yankees cruising along. They are in Baltimore. That game is just getting underway now. Let's give you the lineup there in case you want to head over there. It's uh, LeMahieu leading off. Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Torres, Cabrera, Trevino, Cordero, Volpe hitting eighth. I'm sorry, Volpe hitting ninth. And Cortez on the mound. Cortez, of course, got the win his first time out. And Baltimore's an improved team. Baltimore can't hang with the Yankees, though. Be interesting to see if the Yankees could get this. So you'd like to get this series win, you know. That's what you want to do, because even even the worst teams, even the worst teams in baseball, are going to win sixty games. That's that that's how it goes. Everybody wins sixty. Everybody loses sixty. It's what you do with the other four. You know, it's what you do with the other forty that distinguishes the good teams from the bad teams in baseball. So the Yankees lost Friday night. They came back with a win last night. Win tonight, get the series, and then you know keep it pushing. So, the the three stories, like we said, the the Masters, the Mets, and the Yankees. We also have the Rangers and the Islanders. To be honest with you, the Islanders are coming down to the very very end. Whether they are, they had a huge win last night, they beat a Flyers team, which is god awful. I mean, the Flyers are awful. The Yankees had the Yankees. The Islanders had to win that game. 
They came out at, in the new building. They took care of business for nothing. A big win, a must win. And now they control their own destiny. Win these last two games and you're in. The Rangers are jockeying for position. Now, as a Ranger fan, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know what I would rather see. The Rangers are kind of, Ranger fans are in a little bit of a predicament. Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to finish second in the Metropolitan and have home ice against the Devils, who are a good team who could definitely beat the Rangers in a seven game series? Whoever has home ice. Or do you want to leapfrog over both Carolina and the Devils, win the Metropolitan, and end up playing Carolina? So it's basically, do you want to play Carolina or do you want to play the Devils? Listen, I, I think you always want to go and you always want to win the division. Okay, and I don't want any part of the Devils as great of a series as I think that would be. And it would be, it'll be a fantastic series if it happens. You don't want to play the Devils in that first round. They could, they could take you out. The Devils could absolutely take out the Rangers. I think if they play each other, it'll be a seven-game series. The Devils are playing Carolina. The Rangers are two points back of the division, one point back of the Devils, and give the Rangers credit because I didn't think they could catch either of these teams. And they basically caught them both. Rangers have two games left, both home games. They play, hold on, I'll get it right here. I know one of them is Buffalo. I believe it's tomorrow night, Buffalo. Let me get it right here for you. The Rangers, yep, the Rangers got home against Buffalo tomorrow. And then they got home against Toronto on Thursday. And that's it. So 80 games played, two left. The standings are as such right here. Carolina has 109 points. The Devils have 108 points, and the Rangers have 106. So I'm sorry, I misrepresented that. The Rangers are two points behind the Devils, one point, uh, three points behind the Hurricanes for the lead. Now, the Metropolitan Division, it's still going to be a long shot. If the Rangers take care of business in these last two, which they should, now Toronto... Toronto's, Toronto's an excellent team. Toronto has 105 points. They're not, they really have nothing to play for. They're stuck in that second, second place Atlantic division, well behind Boston, well in front of Tampa. So Toronto is going to kind of be gearing up for the playoffs. They probably won't play as hard. They won't play as many players. Listen, it's going to be interesting and it's going to be fun next week when these uh, NHL playoffs start. And I'm excited for it. I really am. As far as the NBA goes, the Knicks, the whole thing with the Mavs tanking, they they pulled their players. Luka didn't play. He only played a quarter. Listen, they tanked the game. Cuban tanked the game. And my thought on it is, is it's his right to tank the game. Okay, he didn't lose it. They, They didn't, the players did it out there, that he put out there, did not throw the game. Okay, he put out subpar players. He put out NBA players. He didn't play his best players. That's his business. Now, uh, do I think it's right that he's having kid fall on the sword? I can live with it because you know what? Kid is going to keep his job with this. And if that's the price you got to pay to keep your job is basically what Cuban's doing. Cuban got fined for the whole tampering thing last year. He's not taking another hit. 
He's having, he told kid, basically, you want to keep this job? You fall on the sword here. You want to keep it? You want to be the coach of this team? You want to be employed next year? You want to have a job? You fall on the sword. This is you. And kid's doing it because he wants to coach the team. He wants to have a job. And he went, there's, you know, there's not many NBA head coaching jobs out there. He's got one of them. And he wants to keep it. I don't blame him. And as far as the investigation, listen, the investigation is not going to, not going to yield anything. It's not. It's not. I mean, I know kid came out and basically said they, they tanked, but that's their business. They can do whatever they want. They're, those guys are NBA players on their team. If they want to play them, that's their business. I know. I know, Knicks fans, it sucks. Because you could have got that pick. And, then, you know, it sucks. I get it. But don't act like, don't act like the Knicks wouldn't, you wouldn't be rooting for the Knicks to do the same thing. You know, don't get all high and mighty now because you're on the short end of the stick. All right. That, that just, you know, it, it just doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. All right. It really doesn't. He played NBA players on the team. Were they his best players? No, they weren't, but they're NBA players. They're on the team. They're allowed to play whoever they want. So that's how that goes. The NBA will get more into, you know, next week as we, you know, wind down the season here. The NHL, by the next time we talk to you, the NHL will be, you know, will be all finished with the regular season, headed into the playoffs. And there's nothing better than playoff hockey. Nothing. Nothing is better than the NHL playoffs. And it is incredible product, night after night, intense. It's, it's just great. It's great theater, the NHL playoffs. And I'm excited for it. This is one of the better times of the year. Sunday at the Masters. Mets and Yankees playing day games, Easter Sunday, NHL playoffs right around the corner, NBA playoffs right around the corner. All our teams here in the local area are involved in the playoffs. We got two good baseball teams, and I'm sitting here sick as a dog on my birthday weekend. So I'm the loser in this whole situation. Now we got a big announcement uh, Friday night. Friday night, we got a big guest on the show. Our next show, Locked Up Sports. We have the voice of City Field, the Mets public address announcer, who is also the grandson of the legendary Howard Cosell. Colin Cosell is going to be joining us on the show. Very excited for that. Very excited. He's funny. He's, he's down to earth. He's cool. You're going to love it. It's going to be a great interview. I cannot wait to talk to him. So that is Friday. That comes up Friday this week, just a couple days from now. Like I said, we missed this week. And this is the first show I missed this last Friday on my birthday in the hospital, the whole nine. It just wasn't happening. So, you know, I apologize for that. Whoever was looking for it. I'm sure most people just, you know, didn't even miss it. Right. You didn't even miss it. You didn't even know it wasn't there. If I didn't put it on Facebook, you wouldn't even know we didn't even do a show. So, listen, that's going to do it for us. I got to get some rest because I got work tonight. I got to go back to work. I've missed too many days here this week. I'm going back tonight. Hopefully I don't do overtime because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in great shape here. Enjoy the rest of your Easter. Spend it with family. Anybody that's celebrating, happy Easter. Enjoy the golf, which is starting right in a couple minutes. Like I said, Keep an eye on Hovland. Keep an eye on Hovland. Eight under, three shots back. Kepka and Rom go out at 233. 
Hovland and Cantlay at 224. Henley and Matsuyama at 214. And then the amateur and Morikawa at 205. So you got that going on. Mets going for the sweep out of City Field. We'll see how Alvarez handles it today. I'm sure he'll get big ovations every time to the plate. Right when he takes the field, it's going to be a you know it's going to be a lovey dovey thing today. It won't last long if he doesn't hit. It won't it won't last long. These fans, these Mets fans, we are not going to be patient this year. We are hungry. We are expecting a big year. We want to win, and we want to win now. Yankees rubber match, Cortez on the mound. In Baltimore, that one just underway. So have yourselves a good rest of your Sunday. And don't forget, Friday night, Colin Cosell live with us here on Locked Up Sports. Enjoy the rest of the Easter, everybody. I'm Bob Walters. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you Friday, everybody. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.